welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. And I am Michael. And boy, oh boy, do we have so much stuff to talk about this week. So we much. Have, the <laughs> notes are about 15 pages long. We had another Indie Direct, which is amazing. We have so much to discuss. Let's just let's just go into it. So that's what we're going to talk about, the, the Indie World Showcase. It ended up being a little over 20 minutes. Tons and tons of games. Um, do you want to talk about our initial reactions first or after we go through everything? Uh, sure. I mean, initially, I, I think there was a lot of stuff on here that I really, really liked. I really enjoyed overall. I always enjoy these indie directs. Um, they seem to be thing. They they seem to be games that I'm really interested in and really excited about. So overall, I always go into the indie world showcase just excited to see what's coming out and in a lot of ways the indie games are more excited for than some of the first person nintendo games so mm-hmm. um this one to me anyway had many many games that i liked same and i think for me at least i went in with low expectations because that's kind of what i've trained to do myself for all nintendo things mm-hmm. <laughs> if you go into low expectations you can't be really disappointed so i went in with low expectations and i remember at the end of it i sent you a message and i was like this almost felt like a triple A like game showcase because all of these games, most of these games, not all of them, most of them feel like they're such high quality and so just well done and well discussed and talked about that it just it just felt so well done. So yeah. there was a yeah. lot of great stuff. So the first game we both have checked was called Road 96. It's a procedural narrative game inspired by road trip movies from the 90s. This game has one 148,268 different routes that the story can go in. So when they say procedural narrative, they're not joking. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's developed by Digix Art, and it's going to be available later this year. I, the style of this game looks really, really cool, too. So I'm I'm excited for this one. Yeah, I thought this one looked great. I really liked the way they did the trailer for this, where it kind of kept glitching and showing other options that you could have taken Mm -hmm. so it's like uh you know i was walking down the road and then it would like do like a quick little like i was was dancing down the road yeah i was dancing (laughs) or just a bunch of different things and it was really cool to see that you could have so many options super excited for it i love the look of it i love the color of it it kind of has uh if you're thinking you know oh i'm trying to envision what it looks like it it reminds me of overwatch in its style very colorful um the character design is very similar to you know not necessarily realistic but not necessarily like cartoony either it's somewhere in the middle of those two but it's like uh, 3d cell shaded kind of boxy but not it's beautiful is what it is it's It's really well done yeah now the next one we both checked again we have a lot of checks uh on the same things and this one is called last stop i thought this one looked really really interesting this is another third person adventure game you play as three different characters and their stories intersect to reveal a wider mystery which i always enjoy this was previously on other platforms so i think that's that's good you can definitely get some experience from looking at those other ones um and it is developed by variable state published by anna perna interactive and if you that name sounds familiar to you they also did what remains of edith finch so that was a huge game everybody really liked that one and this is available july 2021 yeah, I thought this one looked really cool, too. And the way that they talk about it, it seems like it's going to be a very story-driven game, which it's going to be an experience, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. The next game that we both have checked is also Hindsight, also by Annapurna Interactive, but this is developed by Joel McDonald. It is a sad narrative game about an older woman reminiscing about her family. Objects from her past serve as portals to memories to help her to help you figure out what her biggest regret is. Um, it's a completely new reveal. This game wasn't previously released on any other platforms, and it's also going to be available later this year. Yeah, and the style take- of this one's cool too. It's like a flat, like I, I like to think of it as like digital versions of like cut paper. The way that like the shapes move and stuff, it looks really cool. This one it has a very similar style to Scanner Darkly. If you remember that movie, it was back in 2006. And it had uh, Keanu Reeves, very sci-fi, very cool style to it. I think it's called rotoscoping when they do that, where they're taking actual actors and then like sort of animating over them. And it gives it a very unique look. And this is very similar to that. So I had that, that same flattened paper look to it. Really, really unique, really, really cool looking. Uh, and I'm excited for that one. Yeah, and it's interesting too that it's kind of a sad narrative because the colors in it are very like pastel Vibrant, and bright. soft. Yeah, a lot more colorful than probably <laughs> that movie. But <laughs> well, maybe yeah. that's why they did it. You know, it was a nice juxtaposition mm-hmm. to sort of the mood of the of the game versus you know if it's if it's too heavy, too dark, the whole thing maybe turn people off. But either yeah. way, I think it's cool. I mean, right off the rip, you know, they showed Road 96, Last Stop, Hindsight, all of these games that just kind of have a lot going for them, a lot of story and a lot of really interesting uh, art, visual style, but also storytelling. And I think that's really very cool. narrative. Mm-hmm. Then they kind of like switched up a little bit. They went to Ali Ali World, which is a continuation of the Ali Ali series, which I have played some of. And it's very, very difficult. It's, a, it's essentially a side scrolling uh, skateboarding game. And they did a great job. These are really, really cool skateboarding games with tons of tricks. And you have to be good because they are super, <laughs> super hard. Now, this one looks a lot different than the others. This almost has an animated, very cool cartoon style to it. It's very vibrant. Same sort of side-scrolling platformer. But I really like what they're doing here. The levels have multiple paths. so You can choose a more challenging or easier path depending on the way you want to go. And I don't remember the other ones having that. It was sort of like just continuing this one, you know, path and you had to sort of hit checkpoints, maybe do certain tricks and things like that. This Mm -hmm. one seems like you have a little bit more choice. You're on the island of Radland on a quest to meet the legendary skate god. So it does seem like it's a little more story based. This was developed by Roll7 and published by Private Division. And that's available this winter. I think I definitely am excited for this. I liked Ali Ali, even if it was super challenging. So I'm excited to kind of see uh, at least something on this one. I want to. I want to see a little bit more. I like the look overall. Yeah, I think it looks cool too. I don't have a check on it, but I do remember the other Ali Ali game that you played because you like talked about it in the podcast and stuff. I think we streamed and this is it. Definitely, maybe. Uh, a long maybe. time ago, maybe sure. on my own personal one, I may have streamed it. it but probably I probably on your own personal one. Yeah, but- it could have been before we started one for the for the podcast. But I would say Ali Ali World is definitely, they took that concept, they took that idea, and they did another, the next level. Then yeah. it's definitely a new iteration of it, which it seems like it's a good improvement. So that's still exciting to see. Uh, the next game that we both have checked is called The Longing. This one just seems so different and interesting. I'm really excited for this. You play as a lonely servant with a task. You have to wait 400 days in real time. 
Uh, you once served a king that ruled this crazy underground kingdom, and he decided that he just needs to sleep for 400 days. So your task is to just wake him up when that time comes. So during these 400 days, you explore dark caves, complete time-based puzzles, collect items while you wait to wake up your king. Um, it's developed by Studio Soofs and published by Application System Systems Heidelberg. It is available right now for $15 if you want to grab it, which if it's in real time, you might want to grab it sooner than later. (laughs) Hmm. Um, Because I just like that idea of using real time and having it be a time-based game in that way. Like you have to wait. You can't time travel, I guess. (laughs) the, The thing is in this game, you can do things. So yes, there's the 400 days. Essentially, you could buy this game, start it, and pick it up 400 days later and finish it. Um, But in the game, you know, you you, your character moves very, very slowly in this game. You like it's (laughs) intentionally slow and sort of painfully so. So in this game, though, there are things you can do that will allow time to move faster. So yes, it's still in real time, but there's things you can do to help manipulate time so that essentially one second in real world is twenty seconds in game world or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. So you can definitely still do the complete game and maybe have it down to a hundred days or 200 days. So it's not necessarily, you don't necessarily have to wait the whole 400, but I think either way, it's really cool that you are, uh, the game is playing with the idea of time passing and that's real time Mm -hmm. passing. So the perception of time passing too, because it's just like you're saying, it's kind of like they're taking the idea of if you sit and watch, a pot boil or a pot of water boil on the stove, it's going to take a lot longer. It seemed like it takes a lot longer than if you undid something and came back. Yeah. So I think so that's kind of the cool. idea that you're playing with, which I really like. Like in this game, if you take your character and they, they, you find a book and they sit down in their house and they decide to read the book, time mm-hmm. passes quicker in the game while they're reading because they're in, so cool. they're engaged <laughs> and they're they're doing something you know a lot of times yeah. when you're doing something fun time seems to pass quickly and that's kind of the concept they're playing with in this so yeah i mm-hmm. think if nothing else the idea is there and it's a very interesting idea so i'm excited to check this one out i definitely gave this one a check as well mm-hmm. now another one that i checked is there is no game wrong dimension this seems like a very strange weird point and click experimental uh comedy adventure and it's got puzzles and riddles and all kinds of like mini games and little weird things going on this was originally released for windows mac os ios and android back in 2020 but now we're getting it on the switch and it seems like a great place for it this was developed by draw me a pixel and it's available right now for 13 dollars seems like a lot of people had interest in this one uh i think Mm -hmm. a lot of people even though it's been out on other things i think a lot of people are going to jump on this and check it out now i i do like this game i didn't put a check on it because i did watch somebody actually play it Mm -hmm. um because i knew it wasn't available on switch at the time so i didn't feel bad watching them stream it Mm -hmm. um now you know it's like oh well i guess i can't play it (laughs) yeah but it's one of those games where it's like the narration or whatever the game itself is telling you not to do stuff and of course you're going to try to do it and that is like the whole game of you kind of going against what this game is telling you to do and it's just a it's a crazy adventure it's an experience (laughs) yeah now there is some switch tax on this game so like i said it's 13 dollars on the on ios anyway i can't check android but on ios it's five so mm-hmm. there you go. If you want to play it on your phone, that's, that's an option. Option, But yes, there is a Switch tax. Now, the next game 
I know I'm supposed to talk next, but I know you are super excited for this. So I'm going to let you take this one away. I'm, yeah, I'm excited for this one. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. So if anybody went to arcades and played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you remember that sort of side-scrolling beat-em-up. And that's exactly what this is. And it almost looks exactly how I remember the old games looking. It's not a sequel. It's not anything like that. But it's just sort of a continuation of these games and this art style. They took direct inspiration from those classic 80s arcade games. I love that it looks like Turtles in Time. Uh, the gameplay is shown the way they show it. There's like a beautiful animation. The art style is dead on. You know, there's part where like the 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 Foot Clan ju- like jumps out of their they're in offices and they jump out of their seats and rip their ties off and go to fight. And it's just like the animation style is so so well done. This was developed by Tribute Games and published by Datimu. Dadamo, I don't know, um, who did Streets of Rage 4 and Wonder Boy. So they definitely have a lot of experience with this. This is going to be available later this year. Originally, we discussed this, I think, because it was announced on other consoles, but now it's officially coming to the Switch. And I think that's a perfect place to play this. I am excited for this. I think this is going to be really, um, just really, really fun to kind of jump back in. It's going to be a real fun game to play on the Switch. Yeah, I never really had a chance to play any of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games, really. So I'm excited for this to come out just so I can experience it. And I know it'll be different from your when you play it because you have a bunch of nostalgia built into it. So it'll be interesting to see how I feel when I play it. Yeah, I think it'll yeah. be it'll be fun. Now, I also checked the next one, which is Getsu Fumadin Undying Moon. This is a hack and slash roguelike. I really liked the art style of this one. That was the it's primary. Very cool. Yeah, it's that's yeah. the primary reason that I checked this one. It sort of has, um, I, I don't know, what is it? What, like those those ink paintings, those drawings. And like it's just, the woodblock Japanese paintings. Yeah, and it's yeah. gorgeous. And the way they did it is so, so good. Uh, mm-hmm. It's funny because a lot of people said, you know, this is an indie direct and they saw that Konami is involved in this, but they're, they're the technically publisher. publishing it. They're not, <laughs> yeah. they weren't the developer of it. So I guess, you know, they kind of snuck in there a little bit, but this one looks really interesting. I'm excited to check it out. I believe this is a sequel a sequel or a remake of I think the so. original and I guess, either way yeah. I never played that so I think this looks good I wanted to give this a check it is available uh next year so I'm excited to get some more info on this you know as I've said many times roguelikes aren't really my thing necessarily but because this looks so beautiful I had to just at least give it a shout out it kind of reminded me a little bit of Hades yeah I can see the- that the action style, I guess, but definitely the art style is a little bit different. The coloring is similar to Hades, though, and I think that's yeah, probably very it too. vibrant. But just the, the yeah, I like love, reds and oranges love the, and the drawing. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Now I also checked the next one. They had this they had this montage <laughs> where they just kind of spitballed through all these games. And the next couple that I checked are odd and I want a little more information on them, but I thought they looked really, really good. The first one that I liked was Art of Rally. This one was mm-hmm. super cute. It's sort of a top-down color and stylized race and sim game. You're gonna basically be just tooling around on this track uh, as a rally car, but it's panned way out. I loved the lighting, I loved the colors in this, I loved that it almost looked like little micro machines or matchbox cars on a track it looks 
beautiful. And I'm excited to get some more information about this. I'm not a huge racing like fan or anything, but I just thought it this looked one looks cute, though. so good that yeah. I had to at least give it a check and check it out. Because I can see this being fun if you have a lot of modify, like you can modify the cars a lot. And if you can really, maybe you can make them look a certain way or you can modify the engines and the suspension. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to like that about um, like Gran Turismo and those kinds of games. So I would be into that if there is a lot of control over the car. Even if there isn't, it looks really, really good as far as the design. And that was enough for me to have to give it a check. That, that's kind of the downside to these ending montages is they don't really give any details about these games. It's yeah. basically like a like a quick 10 second look at the game and then that's it. Any information you want, you really have to look for. Yeah. So yeah. that's Definitely. kind of a bummer because I wish you know, it would be cool if they did have customizations. They should show that or represent that in some way. But it's coming out this summer, so we have plenty of time to get more info. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt about the next one. It's called Kiwi. Mm -hmm. And this is a co-op puzzler starring two small Kiwi birds named Jeff and Deborah, and they work in a whimsical post office. But when they were showing it, the colors again, and just the art style and the way it looks, some of the shots reminded me a lot of... um, Firewatch, where it's like this, just you, you know, when the when your character was moving around through some some of the the cabins and things like that, it has that sort of first person look down at these little kiwis running around. But mm-hmm. then it goes off on rails, and it has all kinds of other craziness that is thrown in there. And I had to give that a check because it's it's something different. I haven't seen it before. It just looks beautiful, and that's coming out this August. So I, I want to see more on this. Me too. That's the only reason I didn't check it is because I want to see more. But it made me think it was kind of it was similar to Overcooked in that how crazy it is. Oh, that could be. Yeah. But the puzzle system and the way the puzzles are set up kind of reminded me of Captain Toad a little bit. Mm. Or like those like 3D like puzzles you can turn and move and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks interesting. I'm definitely into it. I really like that the birds are named Jeff and Deborah. <laughs> yeah. I, it seems <laughs> like it's going to be just funny. Yeah. And just yeah, kind of yeah. cute and just just quirky. like a fun, yeah, for, fun, quirky mm-hmm. game to play. Yeah. Uh, the next game we both have checked. I'm really excited for this one of all of the ones. Well, not all of them. Most of them for the, from the montage. Um, it's Labyrinth City, Pierre, the Maze Detective. It reminded me a lot of Madeline and the Where's Waldo books. Mm-hmm. And when I looked into it, I realized, oh, uh, Pierre, the Maze Detective is actu- an actual book series, which I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. Um, so you play as Pierre in this adventure, pu- adventure puzzle game and recover the stolen maze stone journey through breathtakingly hand-drawn illustrations, meet eccentric characters, and solve puzzles to save Opera City, which is where it all takes place. Um, yeah, it's, the fact that it's adapted from the, this best-selling children's book makes me excited. I love stuff like that. It's developed by Darjeeling's and published by Pixmane, and it's going to be available this spring at some point. Yeah, I'm most excited that it looks like you're playing in a Where's Waldo yeah it looks exactly like that sort of art style it's it's there's a lot going on it's visually cluttered stairs yeah it just looks really really interesting so yes i Mm -hmm. gave that a check as well and i thought the same thing i was like this feels so much like where's waldo Mm -hmm. 
The next one I checked, and like I said, we checked a lot from this. We really enjoyed this. The next one was Weaving Tides. This is an adventure puzzle game. Um, you basically are on the back of your own carpet dragon. You're exploring textile landscapes. You're solving puzzles. The challenges are quirky. Um, you're going to meet different weird characters along the way. And it looks really, again, everything they showed this this presentation was just colorful and beautiful and different than a lot of what we've seen in the past. So I just gave it a check because again, it looks so interesting visually. I need more information, but right off the rip, it definitely was something I wanted to see more about. The next game just I have checked, it's called Ender Lily's Quietus of the Nights. It's a dark fantasy 2D action RPG about unraveling the mysteries of a destroyed kingdom. Uh, that's basically all the information I could get on it, but it looks really cool. You're like in this dark place and it seems like you take control of this character that looks like a little girl who's a ghost. Mm -hmm. And the way the game mechanic seems to work is when things go to attack you, you like duck underneath them or duck through them because I think you're a ghost. Again, I don't have a ton of information on it, but just from the way it looks initially got me really interested in it. Um, and nice. I think I asked for a game code for this one i believe sweet um, Maybe we'll get yeah it. so fingers crossed but this is developed by adglobe inc slash livewire inc and published by binary haze interactive inc a lot of inks mm -hmm. <laughs> it's going to be available june 21st it is currently available as early access on steam unfortunately it is windows only and it has overwhelmingly positive reviews nice so i like i like when yeah. i see overwhelming overwhelmingly positive that's reviews on Steam because it's yeah. just it, it makes it a little bit easier to know when you're buying some you know we don't have the reviewing system at all on switch so it's nice to at least have some idea of what you're getting into yeah uh, i guess helps. i guess that's one of the benefits of getting games a little bit later than everybody else because maybe you can kind of you know you don't know how it's going to run on the switch necessarily but at least you know if the bones of the game are good it's so. easier to window shop i guess when yeah, you have definitely. the steam reviews to look at yeah Mm -hmm. uh, we checked the next one is Fez. This is a puzzle platformer. It's been around for quite a while, but it's now finally coming to the Switch. So it says Gomez receives a Fez that reveals his two dimensional world to be one of four sides of a three dimensional world. So essentially, you have a side scroller, then you can turn it, I believe, and rotate it to help solve the mm -hmm. puzzles. I guess kind that's of kind like, of like kind Captain of like Toad. Captain Toad and Monument Valley. Mm, yeah, Monument the Valley, look is, okay. Yeah, the look is like a pixelated version of Monument Valley, I would say. Okay, so this yeah. was, like I said, this was originally released in 2012 and has a 9 out of 10 on Steam, which obviously is very, very good. And mm -hmm. now we're getting on Switch. I've heard that it is an amazing, maybe one of the best puzzle platformers. So it is on my checklist. Mm -hmm. I want to pick this one up. And it is currently available and on sale for $13.50. So if you've missed out on this one, maybe it's time to check it out as uh, I have. I have not. You know, I I knew it's been around. I've been I've seen it many many times, but it was something that never really spoke to me. But as I get more interested in puzzle platformers, I think now and having it on the Switch would be a perfect perfect time to jump yeah. in. There was an indie document, or there was a documentary about indie game developers a few years ago, and Fez was one of the games that was featured in it. I believe I do remember that. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing something about that. Yeah. So that's probably why it was sort of on your radar, but I think at the time it wasn't available on Mac, so we were like, "Oh well, maybe something." Yeah, exactly. So now is the time. <laughs> yeah. 
And of course, after the montage, once in a while, they like to throw in this fun little ending announcement game thing. And I'm pretty excited for this because I played the first game. Uh, they announced that Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals is going to be coming at some point this year. So Oxenfree, the original game, is officially getting a sequel. Nice. And I don't think I don't think I actually talked about Oxenfree in the podcast. It was one of the first games that I bought when I got my Switch from the eShop. Um, and it was a it was an ex- it was not what I was expecting at all. It was the first time I ever played a game like it. It was dark and creepy and spooky, and I played it in my bed at night. And <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's it's creepy. It's very eerie. You're on this island and you get stranded there, and you have to use these radio signals to open up portals to another dimension to figure out what happened on the island. So it'll be really interesting to see what they do with the next game. If nobody's played the first game, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I haven't, and I want to before this comes out, obviously. I I think you should, because they do reference the island in the trailer of the first game. So, Oh, okay. Like, like in the trailer of Oxenfree 2, they they reference that, the island from the first game. Okay, do you think it's Mm -hmm. the same people? I mean, I don't know. I don't want to spoilers or anything, but do you think it's a continuation of the story, or is, like, the island the character, maybe... Um, I don't know because they could go a bunch of different routes. They okay. could well, that's cool. because it, they could go back in time. They could have it take place right after the previous game, or it could be maybe in the future and something goes wrong again. It's hard to say because the first game kind of—I don't exactly remember how it ended, but I remember the way it ended. I was like, "Oh, they could do more with that." So it'll be interesting to see what it, what it is, and I'm sure we'll get more information as the year goes on too. Yeah. But that's yeah. yeah. If you haven't played it, I definitely recommend it. All right. Well, I added it to the wish list. The oxen free I've added to the wish list. So I am excited to play that, then play this because I like these kinds of games quite a bit. But like I said at the very beginning, there were so many things that we really, really enjoyed. I think we have almost checked everything. If there there are other stuff, and if you have not checked out the Indie Direct yet, we obviously would love you to go over there and check it out for yourself. But we had quite a few games. I think maybe there was five out of all of them that we just didn't have a ton of personal interest in. But yeah, everything... I just counted. We only did not check five. But Yeah, and... It... Everything was just so different and very unique feeling this time around. And that's a lot of what, especially Christina has been saying, she wants more unique games. So I think there was quite a few good, good things here (laughs) for everybody. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I, while Nintendo, like they usually do have a diverse lineup of games, this felt extremely diverse. So I feel like something off this list would appeal to at least someone. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. agree. You may find I think I wanted that weird, but you get the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree with you. But okay, so that was the big thing. Now we're going to get into all the other news that we have for this week. We have so much still to talk about. Now, the first thing up, yeah. I don't think this is a surprise. This was, at least not to me, it was never that big of an interesting thing to me, but it seems as if Labo is being put to rest. Uh, there has been reports that people noticed that the Labo.Nintendo.com website was taken down. And obviously that's not good. You know, Labo came out with a bang and it was interesting and it was something different and people were super excited about it. But ultimately it was just a bunch of cardboard that you folded up and sat on a shelf somewhere. And uh, and I, while I never really cared for it, I know Mott's picked up a bunch of these. And he also said it was interesting to build. It was interesting to have for a while, but it then just became clutter on a table. You didn't, there wasn't a lot of support. There wasn't a lot to do. And it seems like mm-hmm. that problem kind of, it, 
just it it phased away and, and people kind of lost a lot of interest in it. And it seems like those stories are true. Nintendo Insider Emily Rogers is confirming that Labo is coming to an end. So, you know, what are you going to do? It, it sold well initially. It was a really crazy concept. It was really interesting that they did it. And obviously, Nintendo is pushing those things. And I think that's very cool that they're doing that. But mm-hmm. it just it just didn't go anywhere, you know. Yeah, all all good things do come to an end. And Sometimes all not sooner so good than things others. Come to an end. <laughs> you, hopefully, pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I did want to note though too that Emily did say that Labo is going to get one more small announcement before it officially ends. Um, didn't say what it was, but a lot of people are speculating it's going to be like a new Pokemon Snap Labo or maybe cardboard kazoo's to match the piano. Who knows? Who knows what uh, crazy know. Labo thing they're going to do? Yeah. But I, I mean. At this point, I wonder if anybody really cares. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> jump our, you know, feel free to to, to shoot us, us a tweet know. or yeah. come to Discord and chat about us what you thought of Labo. But I mean, to me, it always seemed like just stuff that I didn't need. And it didn't seem like anything I was ever interested in. I think if you had little kids, it would be a totally different story. Sure. But, yeah. you know, are you sad that Labo's going? Are you, do you, what do you want to see in the last one that comes out? I mean, feel free to chat us and tell us we're wrong, but it just didn't seem like it, it really kind of went anywhere. Yeah. I hope it's that exercise bike that that person made. Like, was it last <laughs> a month? A whole exercise bike. <laughs> a whole exercise bike, and that's it. That's yeah. their, they're going out with a bang. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so the next bit of news is apparently Nintendo is well not apparently they did they did this thing they unveiled a new blue or purple switch light <laughs> so this <laughs> is joining the family the of <laughs> yeah depending on what you see i guess it's kind of like was the was the dress blue or mm-hmm. black stripes or whatever this is going to be the new thing yeah. um it's joining the uh colorful yellow turquoise gray and coral pink systems um nintendo is calling it blue so i guess we should call it blue definitely looks purple in the photos to me um not like Prince Purple, but it's also not Sky Blue. It's like a weird in between. But anyway, um, it is going to be the same price as all the others. So about $200 US dollars. It will launch in Europe on May 7th, and it's going to come to North America on May 21st. Cool. Yeah, another yeah. Switch. I mean, I, I do like, and I wish we had some of these for the, you know, the, I don't know, the Switch, not the Switch Lite, but I wish we had more main of these switch. colors for the yeah. main Switch, whether it's Joy-Cons themselves or even the, I, I'm surprised that we don't have a lot of the actual, you know, screen part of the Switch that's kind of different colors. You got some, you know, we had some different uh, like decal sort of things on the back that were maybe a glossy coding that made some Mm -hmm. you know whatever it was a mushroom or whatever it was for the different versions of the switch that came out but we didn't get a lot of color and i kind of wish we got some more of that maybe the you know the switch pro will be the next version something more interesting but i do think that nintendo is still missing that customized i think people want options in the joy cons if obviously they could bring the price down of these joy cons a little bit but Mm -hmm. i do think they would sell a ton more of these joy cons because that's one of my favorite things about swapping out joy cons is to have it be mine have it look like something i want it to look like and if they came out with more things to let people do that i think people would really embrace it they'd be excited for that so i don't know it'd be nice to see hopefully we'll see that with the next iteration of this console 
Who knows? I feel like the Joy-Cons right now, they're just all bright neon colors. That's not that's not me. I don't well, want yeah, these I mean, bright I'm neon s- crazy colors. So I'm a huge fan of the purple and orange one. I really, really like that. Uh, there was a couple that I think are kind of neat. One, when they started getting to the Zelda one they announced there a couple months ago, I thought that was really, really cool. Um, but the problem is but these things like are really so saturated rare. saturated colors too. And I don't know. And the things are so rare, you can't get them. Now, even though they announced the new Switch Lite, it does seem like we may have a shortage in actual Switch production coming up in the near-ish future. Uh, Nintendo president Shuntaro Furukawa has actually said that they're running into issues with the semiconductors that are used in the switch so this could be a problem we may you know right now they've got them but they are saying that down the line it looks like there may be a shortage uh he was quoted as saying we have been able to secure the necessary materials for the immediate production of semiconductors for switches however in japan and other countries demand has been very strong since the beginning of the year and there is a possibility of shortages at some retailers in the future it is difficult to say how we will deal with this but in some cases we may not be able to prepare enough for orders which is crazy Uh that they're still having shortages on these devices but it it seems like everything's kind of got shortages these days whether it was you know covid related slowing down production or you know not enough people like with with the amount of people that are actually in the factories you know taking an impact or unable to actually get the materials that you need it seems like all across the board whether it's car parts to switches there's been shortages all across production lines so i guess i shouldn't be surprised but you would think they'd have these stockpiled by now because the demand has been so high for so long you would just assume they'd have millions of these things i think that's the problem is like they realized they saw what was happening and said oh we should probably buy a bunch of these just in case so it sounds like that's what they did and then they're realizing oh we didn't buy enough (laughs) yeah we still didn't buy enough (laughs) darn (laughs) but i know that right now too is not a good time to be buying computer parts if you have a pc and you want to get like new graphic cards and stuff like that it's not a good time to do it they're very expensive right now it's it's affecting everybody so that's kind of a bummer there is a little bit of rumors popping around this week um Maybe Microsoft and Nintendo have a little something going on behind the scenes. You know, it's no surprise that the internet loves to overanalyze and search for Easter eggs and just about anything and everything that they can. Uh, People love conspiracy theories and cooking things up like that. But almost two months ago, Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, appeared in a Microsoft stream. And in that stream, he had a shelf. In the past, that shelf has been used to subtly hint at things coming down the road. So, for example, before, way before the Xbox Series X was publicly released, Phil Spencer had a Series S console on that shelf. Mm. <laughs> so in my mind, I like to think it was on purpose, but I have a feeling it was probably completely an accident and he didn't realize that it was there. That yeah, would be right. hilarious, but I love, and I would love the fact of people like, when they're like, oh, he was telling us the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but in the stream from two months ago, people noticed that there were two things to note, a Kojima Productions Ludens figure and a Nintendo Switch. Uh, there's some well-known internet game journalists and leakers that have said pretty much, they have said that pretty much everything that has been on Phil's shelves has meant something. There's been a few other examples, and they all feel that the cat is out of the bag, that Nintendo and Microsoft are plotting something. Hmm. That being said, Xbox and Nintendo are working 
the fact that they're working together could mean absolutely anything. It could mean um, that Master Chief is going to be in the next Zelda game. <laughs> it could mm-hmm. be something as crazy as that. So, I mean, yeah, they're working on something together. Great. What now? <laughs> like <laughs> now that we have this information, what do you want to do? Where, where are we going to go with that? So, thanks. Yeah, internet, I, mean, I, think, I guess. I think it's an interesting <laughs> idea. I mean, obviously, yeah. anything that. I think the real thing that most people want is Game Pass on Nintendo. That would be my guess. Yeah, I don't think that's cool. going to happen, but I do think no. that's what people are hoping for. That's what people would like to see. Um, any Anytime you have any sort of, you know, whether it's Sony, Play, PlayStation, or Microsoft with their Xbox and Nintendo, all of these companies talking and working together, it's better for all of us. So Mm -hmm. I think if something is coming, that's fantastic. Even if it was only like a Microsoft exclusive that now we have on Nintendo, I think even Mm -hmm. that is good. It may not be Game Pass. It may not be something to that effect, but it's still good. It's, It's still good for us, the gamer. Yeah. And I did see that people, some people were saying that it could mean um nintendo is getting i think it was the banjo kazooie the rights back to banjo kazooie so they can make another game because i think maybe microsoft owns it now or something something like that and i bet you it's going to be something kind of like that like a deal that they're getting licensed nintendo's getting licensing to something xbox related but we'll see i'm sure it'll be something they announce at e3 yeah because that's close-ish yeah i wouldn't be surprised uh, now, we have another company that's super happy working with Nintendo. That's Ubisoft. Ubisoft obviously came out with Immortals Phoenix Rising, and we all talked about that not too long ago. Well, uh, mm-hmm. Julian Galadek, Gal- Galadek, the associate sure. director, sure, <laughs> the, the associate director over there at Ubisoft has actually said that they are super happy with the, the not only working with Nintendo, but the, the reception and the way it's been handled and, and sort of... Um, received on the nintendo switch has been great they are very happy with he did say that it was the um it was an intention from the start to release the game on multiple platforms including the switch and current gen and next gen it was definitely another way to go out of our comfort zone because we are kind of used to developing on multiple platforms for current gen so it seemed interesting that this was a bit of a reach for them trying to develop for multiple platforms which they were comfortable doing but doing for current and next gen that seemed to be kind of pushing it a little bit. He did say mm-hmm. that despite having to compromise on certain elements and making necessary alterations to the to the game in order to have it on the Switch, that they are very happy with the results and are very happy with the results on all the platforms in particular. So I think that's cool. I think that's a good thing. If Ubisoft is happy, that means more games for the Switch. That means we may see more stuff coming out. Uh, overall, I think that's, again, a win-win for us, the gamer and it's mm-hmm. always nice to know that these companies are coming out with stuff and it's well received. I think that's that's the big thing. A lot of people say, well, yeah, who cares? You know, if they're if they're happy with it, it, it matters because when things were on the Wii U and nobody was buying them, obviously a lot of third party um, developers stopped supporting the platform. So mm-hmm. the fact that these things are coming to the switch and doing really well, it just means we continue to get good stuff on the switch. Yeah. And it sends a message out to other developers saying, yes, it's a challenge, but we're really happy, meaning we got our money back, basically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was a return on investment there, so it was worth it. Everybody's happy. So a little bit of weird news. Uh, Pokemon Go is apparently falsely banning iPhone users again. 
<laughs> last summer, I don't remember this story popping up, but apparently it was an issue. Uh, last summer, a lot of iPhone users specifically were receiving bans in Pokemon Go. It seemed at the time that thousands of accounts were impacted, so Niantic had to scramble and make sure all their systems were working correctly. Well, it seems that a similar issue is happening again to like I said, iPhone users. In the past weeks, cases of first strike bans were appearing on social media. Uh, and just to give you a little bit of an idea of what a first strike ban is, it's supposed to only be given to players who use modified or third-party software to cheat in the game. So for this impacting specifically iPhone users who have followed all the rules, it's just a little weird and just frustrating. So some of the people that were receiving these first strike bans would get the ban resolved or wait for the time to to be used up so they could play the game again and then they would immediately get another one Mm -hmm. another first strike ban so they're getting a first strike ban and then another first strike ban (laughs) Mm -hmm. so this has also brought a lot of light to niantic's customer service being well not supportive uh Mm -hmm. and being basically just bots um and it wasn't until a prominent Pokemon Go player took to social media after receiving bans like this for three weeks. I cannot imagine three weeks. I would just stop playing the game. But if that's your living, which it is for this person, his followers were tweeting and kind of complaining to Niantic and brought it to their attention. So someone from Niantic finally personally reached out. And if you have to have social media come after your company to personally reach out to someone who's having this issue, that's a problem. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So while these bans are important for keeping the game fair and for punishing those who violate the app's terms and break the rules, uh, something obviously needs to be done to fix whatever issue this is because innocent players are being unfairly banned from the game. And currently Niantic doesn't seem to have publicly said anything. So it would be nice if they would publicly address this. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense, you know. They need to they need to figure it out and I'm sure they will, but it's been going on for a while though. Three weeks and Niantic hasn't really said much. That's Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe they maybe they don't really know what's going on. They don't want to say they don't know what's going on. I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a weird problem that it keeps happening. Like you said, it's obviously some sort of glitch or some sort of it's a seasonal you know, bot glitch that's doing it. But <laughs> yeah, when uh, the weather gets warm. <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna get sorted. It it is kind of crappy that it's even happening to anybody because obviously if this is your game and and in this case, if this is sort of your livelihood and that's how you're making money, then Obviously, that's yeah. a problem, but it's a risk you got to be willing to take, I guess, with anything. If you're a Twitch streamer making money and Twitch decides to stop, then, you know, that's that's another issue. You never know what could potentially happen with the thing that's making you mm-hmm. the money. So I guess, you know, it's a it's a it's an issue, but hopefully it gets resolved here soon. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't. I, I, it still amazes me. So many people are even playing Pokemon Go. I would never even notice that there was banning happening because at the one time a year I turn it on. So I, I know. It's, it's crazy that there's still such see, a crazy following. I see people walking down the street, and you can definitely tell they're playing. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, it's yeah. it's awesome that it's still going. I, I do mm-hmm. like that. Now, something I'm I'm actually very excited for because I obviously love, love, love Christmas and I love decorating the Christmas tree. But Hallmark is releasing some very fun, festive Nintendo uh, ornaments, and I am all for this. It's going to be Hallmark, part of their keepsakes, you know, uh, ornaments that they do every year. You're going to be able to go in there. You can pre-order them, which I would imagine would, what most people are going to have to do is pre-order these because I'm sure they're going to yeah. be just disappearing. Um, but you can get like a Super Nintendo. You can get a Charizard, a Zelda, like the 8-bit original Zelda uh, and Mario. I like Mario. the Zelda a lot. I like the Zelda <laughs> yeah. a lot. I, I mean, I like all of them. I, I'm always, I always like 
I don't want too many of these on my tree, but I do like one or two kind of tucked into the tree, kind of just to dork it out a little bit. But I have a lot, I like getting ornaments every single year that kind of make me think of that year. And maybe one of these would be the ornament this year. I'm not really sure, Mm -hmm. but uh, it depends on the quality of them too, because I do think they look a little plasticky. And if that's all it is, and it doesn't have like a nice sort of feel to it, then sometimes that kind of turns me off to it. It just feels like I just stuck a toy on my, Christmas tree, but I am excited to see some of these in person this year. And, um, I don't want to wish the summer away because obviously I like, we're just getting to the warm weather, but it does give <laughs> me something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. And from my memory, the keepsake ornaments that Hallmark does, they, they have a pretty good half to them. Like the quality is pretty good. Yeah. They tend um, to be really these nice. Ones, these ones do look like little vinyl, uh, amiibo characters yeah kind of like toys like so it almost looks like yeah. something you would pull out of a happy meal and stick a hook on and hang on your tree basically yeah <laughs> you know so but the nes the little uh snes system looks very cool i yeah. would put that on my tree yeah, yeah it's cute so that got us through all of our news this week brings us to our top 10 bestsellers um nothing really that new here um in first place we have among us second monster hunter rise uh, third, Minecraft. Fourth, Super Mario 3D World. Fifth, Animal Crossing. Sixth, sixth is Skyrim. Seventh is Little Nightmares. Eight, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Ninth, Cozy Grove. Finally made it up on the top 10. Hmm. And then in 10th, we have Stardew Valley. Nice. And Among Us must be on sale or have had an update to jump all the way to number one, you know, ahead of they Monster did, Hunter They Rise. did update their chat system a few weeks ago. Hmm, nice. So I think we it's cool that that's back in there. I mean, it's a, it's a good one. So it's yeah, interesting like that it's, that jumped back up. I feel like it's going to be like Minecraft or like Stardew Valley for a while where they had their ebbs and flows. Yeah. 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 So that gets us to new releases we're into this week. And again, we have a bunch of checks to talk about some more games. I cannot get more games. I have too many games that it is, but Nintendo keeps coming so out with many more games. and more. Yeah. Uh, the first one I can talk about, we both have it checked. It's called Palindrome Syndrome Escape Room for $10 on April 21st. Uh, you wake up in a spaceship with no memories. In this escape room with a sci-fi setting, you will have to investigate your past solving different puzzles. So yeah. Just like an escape room in space. I love it. Sign me I up. like it. I like <laughs> the look of this one quite a bit. I think this is yeah. going to check a lot of boxes for me because it seems atmospheric. It seems sort of interesting. I like that you're kind of investigating. You're working your way around through these, these really interesting uh, rooms in this first person game. I'm all for this. I love this kind of stuff. And I mm-hmm. am excited that it's only $10. I don't I hope that doesn't bode well or like bode bad for it, like saying that it's cheap. But um, it doesn't look it. It looks really good. So I'm excited. On April 22nd, I checked Pick Cross S6 for $10. I have been currently playing off and on. Not a, not a lot, but I've been playing four or five. I don't even know. I think five. And this is now they're up to six. And this is just more of the same. It, if you like Pick Cross, if you like any of these games, if you played any of these games, this is more of the same. You're going to have, you know, the regular Pick Cross, you're going to have Mega Pick Cross, you're going to have Colored Pick Cross, you're going to have Clip Pick Cross. It's all kinds of Pick Cross games. You're going to have 150 different versions of one and 30 different versions of the color one and five extra puzzles. There's so many puzzles in these. And that's why I say I've been working my way through them because a lot of times I'll lay down and, you know, play a puzzle or two and then call it a night. But it is very rewarding when you finally do finish the puzzle. And some of them are very challenging. And that's that's the fun of it because you kind of 
you know, you, you start getting, you start putting the numbers together and kind of figuring out the the sort of rhythm and the puzzle itself. And when you finally get it done, it's very rewarding and you feel accomplished and you can say, okay, I'm done for today with my pick cross, you know, and you can go off to play something else. But if you like any of these or are at all interested in a, a fun, well done puzzle game, you should check these out. The next game we both have checked, which is also coming out on April 27th. 22nd not 27th <laughs> um for it's originally $20 but right now it's on sale for $16 and it is buildings have feelings too this is a city builder management game that buildings can walk in and they can t- like just talk and it, you can have relationships with them it's very <laughs> interesting um you can discover and equip a wide range of businesses from the victorian era all the way through to modern day you can befriend a range of buildings, each with their own aspirations, hopes, and fears as they come to grips with the changing world around them. Uh, you can customize and rearrange your city's layout by moving buildings and find the perfect combination to grow your city. And you can expand across multiple na- multiple neighborhoods of your city, discovering a new, la- new landmark characters and new districts. So, I mean, it's a city building game and the buildings have feelings. It's... Yeah, weird and different, and I was super excited about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think this one looks looks great. It, it, it's, I almost put two checks on it. Yeah, this almost. is it's almost <laughs> like a side scrolling Sim City or City Skylines, except like you yeah. said, the the buildings have feelings. It's in the name, and it seems so weird, but it seems based on what I could see. I mean, it would be awesome to get a demo of this or a key for this mm-hmm. to, to try yeah. it. But based on what I've seen of the trailer, it seems sort of complex and have some depth. There's there's definitely a lot to it where you're going to be, you know, some some strategy where you're going to be saying, okay, well, this building it needs to be this, and this building needs to be that, and you're and you are and building if your a buildings strategy. don't get along, they won't thrive together. Right? Yeah, I, I think this yeah. is very it's like very ma- interesting. relationship management as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I like that. Sounds I cool. like that about mm-hmm. it. It was interesting, so I gave that a check as well. Now, the next one I did check is Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion for $15. It's on sale right now for $12. We both checked it, actually. This one, it was funny to me because I, I saw turnips and I was thinking it was some sort of weird Animal Crossing <laughs> like thing. I, the way I thought about it was it, it's like another dimension of Sunday because yeah, Sunday like- is turnip day. <laughs> And then it's like tax evasion, and that's sort of the mo- yeah. the money. So I was like, "How does this is this an Animal Crossing <laughs> crossover or something?" But it is not. You basically take control of an adorable little turnip who happens to be an absolute menace to society. After failing to pay taxes and getting evicted from your home, you must go on an epic quest to pay back your massive debt to Mayor Onion. Uh, <laughs> you're going to garden tools to solve plantastic puzzles, meet eccentric vegetables and fruits, and take on treacherous fights. It looks really, really well done it looks really really cute so i gave this one a check for sure oh you didn't even say the best line along <laughs> the journey <laughs> along the journey uncover what's spoiling this garden community to rise to tear down the corrupt vegetable government oh it's just so funny <laughs> oh my god i love it <laughs> sure <laughs> i like i was reading through it and i just i love stuff like that where they just really go crazy with the theme they mm-hmm. went all in i'm excited for this yeah it looks well, it's not typically a type of game i would pick up just it seems like it's really well done and they put a lot of like work into the, the theme and figuring out the environment and all that stuff so yeah i'm into it definitely uh the last game that any of us have checked. I, I checked it. It's uh, Little Mouse's Encyclopedia. 
usually for $13. Right now it's on sale for $8.44. The reason I checked this is because I could have sworn that I saw a game that was similar and I almost checked it. And I didn't because I thought, oh, it's just, you know, you're wandering around and doing whatever. But I find that I really enjoy those kinds of games, um, especially games where you can just kind of collect things as you go. And that's what this game kind of is. So it's a charming hand-painted adventure game by Circus Atos. Circus Atos also did Underleaves, and that's the game I was thinking about. It came out in February, and it's like a fox area, and it's, again, hand-drawn, and you can explore the area and collect these facts and things like that this game is very similar to that um another fun fact is the game developer on the team from circus ados is actually working for uh amanita design mm. then that's the same person who did happy game creeks and mechanarium does those creepy games so i thought that was really interesting and as i looked at the team it's basically three design three graphic designers one of them is a motion designer and then one game developer so i was like well of course i really like the style of these games are very illustrative they're very beautiful the colors mm-hmm. is they're beautiful um but the theme for this game itself for little mouse's encyclopedia is you're wandering around the lively bo- uh, boards as a mouse and you'll find animals and plants by yourself using a magnifying glass you can reveal cards that contain interesting information and drawings there's over 160 species of animals and plants to discover four different habitats Um, there's around the burrow the forest the garden and uh, you can swim in the pond and each of them have their own unique species of animals has relaxing music it's available in 18 language 18 languages Um, and it just seems like a nice i'm not saying that you should get it out maybe get it for yourself i think this is going to be geared more towards probably younger audience it, it, one of the designers is a children's book illustrator so it's it, i think it would be definitely geared more towards children and education and that type of thing um it is also available on steam with very positive reviews it's uh, available on android and apple all for five dollars so obviously there is a bit of a switch tax here but uh, yeah i think it would be a really just charming game for like if you want to learn about different plants and animals with your kid i think it would be a good one cool yeah so yeah again we we just listed probably another 30 games total that are coming out to the switch or are coming don't out have enough money or time <laughs> yeah or that are, are are already out for the switch so there's so much to do on the switch um but yeah a lot of great stuff this week like we said but with that we get to everybody's favorite segment in the show and that's what you're playing so not only did we just talk about all the games we want to be playing but we're talking about all the games we are playing so christina what are you playing this week uh, I'm playing and watching some stuff. So uh, I did an After Dark stream last week and I played Wingspan. That was really fun. And so much so, and I enjoyed it so much that I just kept playing that throughout the week and that's it. Okay. <laughs> it's just so relaxing. And at the end of the day, it it's just so nice to play in bed and you play two games and then you're like, all right, I'm tired. <laughs> well, and it was nice because I, I, you know, we do have so many games that we play and, and, I also have and like Wingspan, but you kind of forget mm-hmm. about it sometimes. And then when I was watching you play, I'm like, man, this game is so well done. Yeah, yeah. And same with Tharsis is another one of those games, too, where I get over what's what's it called? Like when you have too many too many choices or too many options available and you get just overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess overwhelmed is the word I'm thinking of. I get overwhelmed by all the options I have on my Switch. And right now I have so many new games that I have to play that I just like, I just want to play something easy that I know how to play. And Wingspan and Tharsis are both those games. Mm-hmm. So I almost played Tharsis last week when I streamed as well, but not Wingspan one. 
Nice. Um, I also played in the stream a new game called Rip Them Off. We did talk about it in the podcast a couple weeks ago and it came out. Um, this game, it looks really good. It's really beautiful. I like the style of it. Uh, the music is good. But I had a hell of a time figuring it out. Hmm. <laughs> I somehow beat a handful of levels. I don't really know how I did it. Um, and as soon as I would think that I figured something out and I would try to do better the next time I played through it, it wouldn't work. So clearly I don't understand hmm. it. Okay. <laughs> and it's funny because Diggy in chat while I'm streaming is also saying, I think I figured it out. Never mind. I didn't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so I think... What happened was, for the sake of looks, they may have sacrificed stuff in the tutorial. And also, the tutorial is very themed about this, like, you know, you're trying to please this corporate board. So all the terminology is being quippy and cutesy like that. And mm -hmm. they don't give you enough time to read everything. And it's just a lot when you're trying to learn a new game, especially one that looks like this. And there's just so much more to try to figure out because it looks a certain way mm -hmm. that I... I don't know if I'm going to open the game again, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it just the fact that it was so difficult to figure out kind of deterred me from wanting to play more of it. Well, it was worth trying yeah. at least. Yeah, definitely worth trying. I'm, and, you know, if, if you're into super logical, like figuring out numbers and times and how to be the most efficient you possibly can be, Maybe it would be a good game for you. I don't mm. like to crunch numbers in my head unless I have to. So I think that's why I had a really difficult time with it. I just I can't do with numbers and times and things like that. So it, I'm not saying it's terrible. I think it. I just don't think it's necessarily for me. Gotcha. Um, I did download Potion Party. I'm going to play that tomorrow. So I'll talk about that in next week's podcast. But another game I wanted to mention is I saw somebody streaming it. It's really interesting. It's a game called Before Your Eyes. Um, it's not Nintendo related. <laughs> I didn't play it. I just saw someone watching it. You control this game by blinking. It's nice. It's really crazy. So you have to like hold your eyes open and you can't blink because if you blink, it'll progress the story. And there's sometimes where you have to like look at a certain spot and blink to activate it. And the whole story is about a kid who's dealing with some sort of disease. Um, it is very sad. I did cry. So if you are into sad games <laughs> or sad stories, uh, it, it was a good ending. I'll say that. Um, but I think it was really cool. I hope it comes to Switch, but I don't see how they could do something like that on the Switch, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm not sure how something yeah. like that would work. But it sounds like an interesting mechanic anyway. And Yeah, I believe it's know. on PC. So if, if anybody's interested in stuff like that or trying out something very different, definitely look into it. But yeah. yeah. Cool. Something a little different. Yeah, that that's all I did this week. How about you? Uh, I've got a couple games that I've been playing. Uh, I've been, like I said, really back into Witcher 3 the last couple of weeks. I've been playing through that, finished up all of the expansions that came with that game. So now I'm back nice. into the mainline story, which is nice. I don't know how much time I have left in it. I I think I recently checked. I have over 200 hours in the game total, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know how much, you know, a little bit of time. <laughs> I, I would assume there's still some time left to, to, to finish this story, but I, it does seem like I'm in like the last sort of act of, of kind of everything seems to be coming together. Uh, mm -hmm. I did play a little bit more Stardew Valley, but working my way through winter, my first of my first year. So I'm, I'm trying to upgrade all of my tools and all that kind of fun stuff that you do in that game. And then some of the other stuff I've been playing, 
actually, we didn't mention it during the direct, but we did see that Aerial Knights Never Yield is was announced during the was announced during the direct but there's also a demo for it so while i didn't give it a check i did mm-hmm. download the demo because it is very stylistic and i really enjoy the look of this you basically you are trying to survive a futuristic tokyo style detroit in this and it's a 3d runner and it tells the story of wally who has uncovered the evidence that can change the city forever basically it reminds me a lot of Mirror's Edge, actually. So it's got it's this very- It's a parkour-based game. Yeah. yeah and it, you kind of like, it starts with you like sort of crashing through windows and you're just running. And mm-hmm. you can't stop, but you can either jump, you can slide, you can sprint, or you can do sort of like a jump uh, spin. So it allowed that the jump spin kind of lets you go through windows and stuff. And then the other jump just lets you jump high over fences and things like that. Mm-hmm. And- that's all it is. And it's a it's a it's a runner and you just have to keep hitting the joystick or in this case, it was the D-pad. You have to keep hitting the D-pad um, to continue the story. It, it's cool. The music is very good. The style of it is really, really good. But I did notice a lot of weird glitches. I mean, this is a demo, so maybe they were still kind of working their way through it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can get it yeah i think it's available let me check it's available may 19th so you can't get it yet but i i guess they're probably not going to be able to get rid of some of these bugs because i did have the demo crash on me and i did notice that there was weird uh stuttering and the when you when you when you hit the d-pad to do certain moves there's like this weird hesitation so sometimes you you hit it and then you kind of clip through the obstacle that you were trying to avoid, but it wouldn't register you as failing, but it wasn't really very clean. It just kind of looked like, yeah, you did it, but you didn't really. So it was kind of, it just felt off when you were playing it. You know, it didn't feel like you were really this character and you're jumping through things and moving and just, it didn't just feel like smooth. clean. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't very smooth. Yeah. And then there were other times where you thought you did hit it and somehow it would fail you and you would have to start over. And I mean, it, it's quick, you know, you, you, you fail, you jump back into it and you keep going. It says like continue or yield and you never yield. That's the whole point. You just keep going. And, um, it was good. I, I think it's, I like it. I like the bones of it. I like the idea of it, but I will say that even though the demo crashed on me, I was kind of bored before the demo crashed so i was okay and i didn't turn it back on once the demo crashed i was like yeah i get it oh. it's that's <laughs> the game you know what i mean so it was kind of like yeah. I, it looks cool and i i do like it but i i was bored after a couple levels so it, it reminded me kind of of my friend pedro yeah like in but the I, way it was like paced and the way it looked a little bit it does kind of look like it um yeah. because of that futuristic sort of you know neon sort of look but i don't think the gameplay is quite the same this is a Mm. very simplistic gameplay you're essentially literally just hitting up down left or right on the d-pad that's basically it um but there's a free demo so you might as well try it out and see if it's for your own liking for me i i won't pick this up but i i'm happy i tried the demo and i think it's uh, stylistically it's very fun it's very cool if anything probably doing the demo and talking about it will help the developers see things that'll have to be fixed when the full game is released so hopefully hopefully yeah yeah uh another game that i've been playing this week is rain on your parade i did a i did get a key (laughs) we did get a key for this and i did stream it on my stream um this is a really cute similar to um 
Goose, what what is it called? Untitled Goose Game. Untitled Goose Game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very similar to Untitled Goose Game in that you are trying to wreak havoc on, you know, people basically. But I would say this mm-hmm. game takes it much much further. This was really really interesting. They the, the developer display, explains this as a a slapstick comedy game where you are just trying to be mischievous. But I would say that they genuinely lovingly crafted this game so you have your general the premise is you rain on you know people as they're getting married or you know you're putting out somebody a campfire and that's annoying the campers but then you also power up you get lightning you get a tornado you get um snow so you're actually snowing on the road and that causes cars to crash into things and things burst into flames but then you start getting into these levels (laughs) that are inspired by the office or a horror movie and you have to direct this whole swarm of zombies around and they have to take over you know the the whole basically the whole city um there was a you go into the school one was funny the school one mm-hmm. the the elementary school where you had to pick up it was like some chemical from a science project and use that to make something blow up or, or whatever oh, yeah, yeah 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 so essentially as you know with a cloud it, it picks up vapor and that's what turns into the cloud and then the Acid cloud rains rain. it out so yeah you, you like you would you would float the cloud around different uh color that colors that are evaporating and those give you different effects so you had one of the challenges in the school was you had to make a chemistry set explode and on the chalkboard behind it it said you know yellow plus blue equals skull so you had to go hover (laughs) over the yellow drop that into the chemistry set hover over blue drop that into the chemistry set and then everything explodes and then kids and teachers are running around the pairs on fire you know (laughs) And it's got funny physics, which are always, you know, the physics-based stuff is always funny. I mean, you you may hit something and it just falls over, or you may hit something and goes flying goes off. Flying. Into the, yeah, and it's really funny, and it's just kind of lighthearted. But I think yeah. what really, really sells it on me are those sort of weird crossover things. Like I said, The Office, you're in The Office, uh, you know, like the TV show, or there's a... As the you Metal do, Gear one definitely did it for you. The Metal Gear was really, really cool. There's literally a level where you are trying to be Solid Snake, <laughs> working your way through the first level in Metal Gear, and you can't be spotted. And they just do such a good job. And you could tell the developers were like, how can we take this general, basically simplistic concept and really mm-hmm. go crazy with it? And I think they achieved it. They did such a good job. Um, one of the things that I loved, again, I don't want to ruin everything about it, but there's so many fun little Easter eggs that happen You know, as, as you're leveling your way through all of these different levels. And there's quite a few. I think there's 50 levels that you can get through. There's a lot. There's a lot. And so let's yeah. say you do one and maybe you get a top hat or then you do another and you get a fireman's hat or something like that. When you go back to your cloud house, um, little by little, that starts to get more and more stuff in it. Initially, it's just an empty room with like a mirror and a, a closet or something like that. But as you level through the game, you start getting things. And one of those things was an arcade. And if you play the arcade, it turns it into a first person. Basically, it's Doom. And you're running around and you pick <laughs> up water as your bullets and you still have your lightning bolt. And it's it's just everything they did is different and weird and funny and cute. And, you know, it, 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 I think it pushed Untitled Goose Game to a like 
way beyond because it just they've they, got a better a higher standard to reach now. It just seems like yeah, they yeah. just they just looked at this game and said, you know what? This is a silly concept that we're just going to blow the doors off of and have a ton of fun with. And it was really charming. It was really, really fun to play for a little bit. If you are at all interested, you know, I played through, I would say, almost all of it. I think I have 10 levels left. Um, you can jump on our Twitch channel and check it out for a little bit if you are at all interested in it. But I would say, you know, if you could get it on a sale for like 10 bucks or less, it's it's fun. It's absolutely worth it. Definitely check it out. The last game that I picked up and played very sm- very small amount of is a ground. I've had this on my wish list for a couple weeks since it came out. For it's normally fifteen dollars. Currently, it's on sale for twelve dollars, and that's the first time I've seen it. So I, it's not much of a sale, but it's a sale. So I, I just said, you know what, I'm going to grab this. It's on Steam. It has outstanding reviews on Steam. So I said, let me let me jump in on this. If you are a fan of a Minecraft, a Stardew Valley, or a Terraria, or all of them mashed into one game i think you would really really like this you essentially are doing the crafting and the mining and you're trying to figure out a way to survive this island that you wash up on and as you're going through it you start to meet other people that survived this storm and they start to kind of uh flesh out this weird story this weird narrative and it seems like you also get some choices which helped to flesh out the story. In my case, when I washed up on the island, and I would assume it's the same for everybody, but when I washed up on the island, you're in the middle of a thunderstorm and you need shelter. So you pick up a bunch of logs that you find scattered around and you you finish building this hut, which was already started. You are now sitting in this hut and somebody knocks on the door asking for help. And it gives you a prompt. Do you want to help them or do you want to turn them away? And I chose to help them. And then I made a friend who now helps me gather supplies. So you could have turned them away thinking maybe they're an enemy and maybe just never had the interaction, I would assume. But Hmm. either way, I think it's really cool. I love games where you're crafting and mining and there's RPG elements in there. And and at some point you can build a spaceship and go into outer space and continue exploring this weird sort of 8-bit, 16-bit world. Um, But yeah. It, it's it's very interesting, and it seems like it's got a lot of depth to it to make the $12 worth it. So another one worth checking out for everybody. It's a lot of games. A lot of <laughs> games. Like we said, we warned you in the beginning, there was so much to talk about this week, but we are so excited for everything that we got to see and play and talk about. There's so, so, so much stuff. And if you want to talk to us about it, if you want to email us, if you want to write to us, if you want to chat with us or anything, you can obviously feel free to do that. We always, always love talking to anybody. Um, You can write us over at nintendodispatch.com. You can see all of our contact information there. You can watch us on Twitch. We've been streaming a lot on Nintendo Dispatch. We typically stream Saturdays and Sundays, and we do uh, Dispatch After Dark occasionally throughout the week, where those are are a stripped-down thing where maybe we have a demo we were interested in playing, or maybe Christina jumps on and plays some Wingspan, Um, but there's no mic. Likely what it will be. Yeah, there's no (laughs) mic. There's no camera. It's just us playing games and kind of chilling out and decompressing at the end of the day in our PJs, basically. Um, But if you also want to chat with us on Discord, please feel free to do that. You can find the link to that in our website. And we're on Twitter at Dispatch Podcast. Uh, Anything else you want to say about all of the great stuff we discussed today? I mean, if anybody feels like they're really interested in something and and feels like we missed it, definitely reach out and say something to us. We'd love to have a conversation about it. Um, Yeah. But yeah, 
Nope, Absolutely. That's it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that was a fantastic episode. And as always, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch. <laughs> <laughs>